Welcome watch freaks and happy Friday. This is The Trading Desk and my name is Joshua Thanos and my, next to me is my life partner, Jason Maine. Every week. Yeah. Never gets, it does get old. But Makes me laugh. How we doing guys? Welcome, another Friday evening. Thanks for uh, signing on. Uh, everybody get in the chat. I know that's where it's going. Uh, oh yeah, let's get in Glad to there. have you guys back. Um, yeah. Chat it up, fellas. Let's do it. Hopefully a rather unscripted, kind of fun show for you guys. You didn't bring your script, Jay? I did not. Um, Shit, well, this is going to be a terrible show. Yeah, I sent it I sent it to Tim. Tim told me to just keep doing what we're doing. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. No. Hey, uh, Stephen Dawson. What's up, man? That's right, I'm the watch pimp. Josh uh, is very happy to see you, Stephen. Um, all right, so yeah, let's. You know what? Let's do something different. Let's give shout outs to everyone who's uh, who showed up today. Right. We got Joe Differ, Burning Mister B, Kim Bowen, uh, Mentality, uh, my boy Stephen Dawson, always like him. Uh, Alf Alfonso, Luis, El Ferraro. I'm not going to say the last part of your name. And Boss Defender. Hey guys, thanks for logging in. Thanks for being here in the beginning. Hopefully you stay to the end. It should be about 25, 30 minutes. That's normally how long it takes for us to. Make sure we hit uh, Eddie Landsberg, who's always first in the in every chat box. Oh, sorry. I, I oh, I'm so sorry, Eddie. Reward your first place uh, with a shout-out. Yeah, man. All right, so uh, why don't we do what we normally do, wrist shots. How about you go first this week? Cool, bro. I always okay. go first. I got an Omega. <laughs> That's it. It's over. <laughs> wrist shot. Nah, so this is, what, week three almost? No, maybe I'm a month in yeah. to the uh, SMP, as my nerdy watch friends would say. Oh, dude, that's so nice. Look at that. I noticed bro. it's uh, back on a bracelet. Yeah, yeah, put it back on the bracelet. Took it. I haven't got the the sliding clasp yet, but um, right today it's good. Uh, my wrist is not swelling, so it's fitting. But look at that beautiful pop of blue. I'm really loving it. Some people hate this bracelet. And you know what I say to them? Don't care. I really like it. Um, was it 300 meter watch resistance, uh, which is exactly how far I go normally every single time. That's water right. Uh, 40.5 millimeters fits fantastically on the wrist. Basically. Uh, all every bit as nice as a, a Submariner for a very small fraction of the cost. Small fraction of the return as well. Whatever, dude. Listen, I'm not here to make money. I'm here to make time. Oh. That was not really a funny joke, but so there you go. That's what I'm wearing today. Uh, again, week three. Did I scratch the crystal? Oh my god. I don't no, think it did not. That was just dirt. All right. It's so, a good looking watch. Thanks, man. And uh, wait, you also have a dive watch on your I wrist. I have. Interesting, oh. Jason. People, you said dive watch last time. People started freaking out about Panerai. You real, you guys do realize Panerais are dive watches, right? It's all they make. I don't understand. Except for Duets, which so it's I on a leather strap, which is interchangeable. And I've worn this on rubber on the show before. But it doesn't have to be in rubber to be a dive watch. So, Josh has a uh, new new strap from last week. He put the bracelet back on. Mine's also on something a little bit different. You said it's blue. Looks black to me, Jason. It's a midnight blue. It's a Panerai OEM. This is my 510, by the way. It's a 8-day in-house manual wind for those who don't know. 44-millimeter um, Luminor case. Uh, this is a OEM blue, like midnight blue alligator on the OEM deployant. And, uh, Blue dress shirt today. Figured I'd throw a blue strap on there. You're looking so uh, fancy today, Jay. Try and uh, make it look like I made an effort today. And I happen to have oh, something weapons. else blue in my pocket. So it's just kind of a blue day. <laughs> blue weapon. Yeah, there you go. How a many of those do you have, Jason? Yeah, it seems like you got a, a lot of those weapons. I got a few. Wow. That's interesting. Are you gearing up for candy. something? Yeah. What's that? You're uh, a prepper, aren't you? Well, I, 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 it'll be in my uh, memoir. <laughs> Is that right? No. You're going to be last man standing? No. I think Jason has a safe house. Or uh, like a safe room in his That'd house. That would be cool. Those are very expensive. 
Yeah. Do you know exactly how expensive it is? I have a feeling. <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> you do. Yeah, Jason's a prepper guy. Start looking into that. Which means, shit hits the fan. Book at the Jason's house. Yeah, maybe don't make fun of the guy that you <laughs> hope is gonna save you. You know, just well, saying. Just gonna, hopefully, uh, no Josh is allowed. You. All right, so uh, so there you go, wrist checks. Um, and uh, yeah, so loving this watch. Let's see how long it lasts. I kind of want the black dial now. I really like the blue, but I, I kind of like the black, so I might end up trading this uh, for a black dial version variant, and then maybe I'll end up with a with the new forty two. So as well. if, we, if I find a good deal on the black one, I'll just we'll swap. A little swap ski? Well, yeah. you have to come out of pocket a little bit, I'm sure. Got to make it a good deal there, Jason. Uh, Justin <laughs> Hill. Uh, this just came off of a suede brown, light brown suede strap. Yeah, so. it did. Oh, and by the way, yeah, so we're, we're saying um, original Panerai watches were on uh, waxed leather straps. There, yeah. there was no rubber straps at that point, not that I know of, back in like the 1930s and 40s. Would, would saltwater destroy the strap? Not the first not time. Not the first time. Yeah. But You'd probably get a... After a while, I'm sure, to. but there would be no hesitation if I had to jump off a boat into the water. Yeah. Well, so put it this way: I have a customer who uh, he bought his wife a, um, a Cartier Ballon Blue uh, on a like a blue leather strap. Yeah. And I went to go visit him, and she was wearing the watch, and like the strap was badly faded. She had just got this like less than a year. And I'm like, what are, you, what are you? What's going on? And he goes, Oh, she she wears it in the shower. I go, Yeah. And she goes, No, I wear it in the ocean. What? Don't do that. It's going to fall apart. But, I mean, she's been wearing it for like seven, eight months now. Yeah. She's been taken in the ocean. The watch is still intact, or the strap is still intact. I don't. I told her, stop. please stop doing that. You're going to lose the watch. But I actually, selfishly, from a sales perspective, lose the watch. Give me a call. I mean, <laughs> if that's what you want to do. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, leather, I mean, well, crocodile leather. The thing about crocodiles are. Crocodiles are, spend their lives in water. Yeah, they, they live in the ocean. Or not the, not the crocodiles do, the uh, or saltwater at least. But, yeah. So there you go. Um, so, yeah. So uh, On to better things. All right. So next segment. Throw up the the graphic there, buddy. This or that. Oh, yeah. Dun, so, dun, dun. so, Jason, this is your theme this week. So uh, yeah. why don't you explain your, your thoughts on why we did this, and then we'll uh, we'll defend our choices. All right. The so, uh, Rose Gold Sport Watch uh, was kind of the idea. Uh, both pieces are right around 20 grand. I think the Hublot is a tad less. Um, so my pick for this, literally for this, for the this or that, is this uh, Blanc Pond 50 Fathoms. Oh, yeah. I've always watch. really, really liked the 50 Fathoms. This particular piece in the rose gold is kind of a little bit extra. Um, very, very nice. This is a flyback automatic chronograph. And then you got the classic 50 Fathoms with the ceramic capped bezel. Um, really good profile, nice case lug. I mean, the watch sits pretty well on the wrist for a rather large piece. Um, and then, obviously, if you wanted to, this is a true sports watch, screw down crown, uh, being a 50 fathoms. But if you wanted to throw it on the rubber, you could do that as well. It's on the leather because it's a dressier piece. Um, but if you threw this on rubber, it'd be every bit as durable. And then, uh, real oh, quick, Jesus, let me I'll take the Panerai off. So I have a seven and a half inch wrist. And you guys saw the way that that 44 millimeter Panerai fits my wrist. And we'll zoom in on this. So e easily. You're so enthusiastic, you know that? Jason? Easily interchangeable uh, size wise. I, I really, really dig this. I would, uh, I've always kind of wanted to own a steel version of this one day. The um, no radiation is the way to go. You like the no radiation? It's cool. I just, yeah. I prefer a cleaner dial. Um, but well, that, but that the chrono is not going to work for you then? That logo is cool. I think I'd rather have a chrono. I don't know. Diving chronos make so cool. much sense. I also really like the bathyscaphe too. So, 
All right. Yeah, I don't like it. So, the blue on blue bathyscaphes. Didn't really nice. didn't uh, Blancpain invent? Was they the first ones to do something? Yeah, every manufacturer is the first one to do something. <laughs> didn't they invent the dive watch? Yeah, also the chronograph yeah, and maybe the turbion as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, Breguet was the turbion. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, I think Kim that's Bowen like one that I chose claim. poorly. Oh, okay, that's fine. So, um, so yeah. So it's rose gold, like sport watches. Is that like our theme? Here? Yeah. All right, cool. So I picked a watch that's much sportier. It's actually wearable. It's not uh, thicker than a Panerai. And uh, it's also lets everyone know what a baller you are. Because this is an Hublot Big Bang. So the Big Bang is their best-selling watch in steel. Uh, behind that, it's the rose gold. The watch has a high retail. Uh, the resale on this is uh, much lower. So you can get this in the mid-teens. Um, this is a great, fun watch. It's not high horology in any way, shape, or form. It's uh, Hublot is famous for being the first to put uh, like a luxury watch on a rubber strap, right? That's or, like to make that popular, and they did that here. So this is a great watch. Uh, you can actually wear this in the water. Um, wouldn't press the chrono pushers though. Not that they it probably definitely might work. wouldn't do that. Anyways, but um, yeah, I mean this watch is infinitely more wearable in my opinion. It's a 44, but it doesn't wear that large. Um, this is a great watch for, I mean, it, it fits my wrist and it fits Jason's wrist, and we have you know pretty sizable difference between our wrists, right? What size is your wrist? Uh, about a seven. You're seven. a seven and a half, right? Oh, it's a little smaller, right? You're about I seven. I think and you're half? like a seven, seven and a quarter, aren't you? I mean, it depends if I'm working out, right? Um, which I'm not now. So, there we go. I mean, it's very comfortable. Uh, if we're talking about Hublot, I'd say that the new. Unicos are absolutely the best ones, but this is this is a good classic watch. It's highly tradable. It's going to be much easier for you to sell this watch than it will be that 50 Fathoms. Mm -hmm. So if you take that into account, which I hope you do, this is a much better watch. Carbon fiber dial means you're going fast. Very light, Jason. You can feel I wouldn't the, say it's going to be much easier. That, uh, without a doubt it is. Mm, Under no circumstances. This mean, is a watch's watch. Dude, like, there's so many a, more buyers. A real for this watch, watch guys. Well, yeah, there's more buyers that that's are right. that so it's are not easier. educated that's and fine. think that they can buy. That's not what I said. That watch and flip. Well, all right. That's what I'm so saying. That's I'm what I'm saying. saying. This is a more watch person's watch. Watch easy. guys' watch. Smaller market for the for the Blanc Pond. Much bigger market for the Hublot. Listen, I'm not saying that the quality is the same because it's not right. But and how much is this? Uh, how much is that watch? That's got to be. So this is posted for twenty one nine fifty, and so it's posted for eighteen nine fifty. Right. So you can find this watch easily for the mid teens. This watch is going to be for the upper teens. So you're going to spend more on this watch. You are getting more in terms of uh, like a quality, but it's also big. So that cuts out a ton of people. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I can't wear this watch. It's there too are Blancpain in general is a hard watch to sell on a secondary, but I've never had a problem moving a fifty fathoms. Uh, rose gold fifty fathoms. You have that watch is awesome. I mean, I'm not saying it's not an awesome watch, Jason. I'm just saying that if we're comparing these two, oh, that fits me. Does that, that fit you that yeah. way too? Look how good that looks on That's you. That's strange. Yeah, it's a little too big. Here. Nah, it's awesome. Let's get a little wrist shot here. <laughs> Very manly, hairy wrist shot. There you go. Nice. I mean, it's. I'd be knocking this into doorknobs and things. Like, I can. This is. This wears larger than my Panerai, and that Panerai is like at the upper it's, limits it's of what I can wear. It's pretty flat for what it is. You have to agree. It's look not at, terrible. Look at. The only, the, other the, thing that I, the only thing I don't like about the other thing I don't like about this watch is that the um, uh, the sapphire bezel, um, it sometimes you'll see them it'll come up on the bottom, which is like a massive annoyance. You so have to send it back, and it's like right, a two thousand dollar repair. But I mean, besides that, listen, is it better quality? Yes. Is it going to cost you more? Yes. Is it going to be more obscure on the wrist? Yeah. So I mean, you know, it looks so like you're I'm, saying value proposition wise. 
I think that think it's that it, buy, buying both Prium getting out is, is going to be, be the Uber will be easier. There's more dealers out there willing that to spend money. That might be the case. Doesn't mean that it would be my pick. That's all I'm saying. I got you. That's fine. And I mean, we got listen. We got. We got some really nice things being said about this Ublo in this chat, so I'm not going to read them. Um, let's go ahead and see. Let's go ahead and see that poll. Ooh! Oh, God! All right, I'm going to have to retire after this one. Hey, listen, there's 10% of guys out there. Give me a call. Nice dudes. I will uh, not stand up and cheer and do the Rocky. But uh, Gary Smith for the guys 19K on the podcast. For the Ublo, that will be in the safe forever. Uh, Gary, give me a call. I will charge you less than $19,000 for that Ublo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's whatever. Uh, Blanc Ponds are... I like, so here's the thing. I would 100% wear this watch. Would I like the steel version better and the money in the bank? Yes. Would I 100% wear a steel version of that watch? No. Well, I don't know. I just... So, I, I like... I, I actually like this watch. I do not care for that watch. Well, some people are snobby and other people aren't. The thing is, like, there are, there are a obscene amount of fake Hublots out there. Okay. And the watch is known... Like, I, I obscene like amount the... Obscene amount of, the, of the, fake Rolexes too, Jay. Yeah, well... So, not Blancpain. Uh, gotcha. There are some Blancpains. The thing is, is that that watch is a fashion statement. It's a fashion watch. That's true. That's true. So, from a fashion perspective, if there's fake ones out there, that's that hits the fashion aspect of the watch hard. Yeah. So, if you have a fake Rolex, Rolex watches are not about fashion. Rolex watches are about engineering. Mm, no, I disagree with that. I'd say it's. I'd say certainly Rolexes are better made than Hublots, but a lot of people Rolex buy Rolex. Is a fashion watch. I'd say that a lot of people who buy. Rolexes are not buying them because they are, you know, modern modern marvels of engineering. They're buying it because it's a Rolex and they're trying to show off. And uh, that's that's well, it. That's a ma- that's your... the same thing with Hublot. I'd say there's more Hublot buyers are that way. What I'm saying is the idea of there's no showing that... it off is yeah. more fashion based on the Hublot. I guess it, maybe I guess maybe from where that, you're yeah. coming from with people buying Rolex, it's because it's a status symbol that yeah. I understand. Right, but, but it's not a kind of... fashion sense. Is what I'm saying. That's a fashion watch. I, I don't really see Now, their newer engineering pieces with their in-house movements and stuff like that yeah, are the, phenomenal. Yeah, the Unico. The Unico is actually Except fantastic for the watch. one with the front pusher. I don't like, I don't like that. Because you can steal it. That watch. we got to do, we gotta do that on camera next time. Um, show you how quick. Anyways. If you want to steal your friend's Hublot that has a little quick release, we'll show you exactly yeah, how on the next episode. Just have to see episode. it and then push the button and run away. I don't think I'll be here next week. But um, All right. Well, that's enough with the, this or that. No, let's argue more about this. Well, clearly, I lost. So, those, so let's move on. Those of you that are listening to the podcast, uh, just to make everything clear for everybody, uh, I'm winning about eighty. Rich buddy, you are absolutely incorrect. Uh, he said, "Rich buddy says women buy Rolex for fashion, not men." Uh, I mean, could not be wrong. Could not be more wrong about that. I mean, that's one of the most false statements I've ever heard anyone ever make put in writing. <laughs> okay. So the new segment that we're going to roll into is just Why you're bashing wrong. the comments on. <laughs> I'll do that. David Butler, who works in our office, if you guys don't know, decided to put my name in the chat because he wants a shout out. Apparently, where I don't see that. He's in there. Jason patting his baby there. Cool man. All right, guys. So yeah, keep keep voting. Hopefully the Ublo will get a little bit more love. What's up, Edward? Yeah. Are we done? <laughs> yeah, let's go home. Uh, so um. So okay, well, speaking of you know people buying watches and spending maybe too much or whatever it may be, we were, we were conversation you and I started, and I said let's put it on hold. Uh, was about like situations where somebody called you or sent an, sent an inquiry to sell a watch, and you found out like how they bought it, and like it was pretty terrible. So like it, it's a lot of stories out there, right? And uh, one of the situations I had, I had a guy who uh, 
who bought a quorum, a gold quorum, at a boat show for $60,000. And the watch had a, like a $65,000 retail, right? So, like, we've had a lot, we've, we've had a lot of those, right? It's like, what's, do you, I mean, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, Good stories and there's bad stories, but the majority the of bad them are bad stories. Yeah, the bad ones are, are are more interesting, at least. I where think, people like just yeah. get taken advantage of, or I, in my opinion, a lot of times you have people working in boutiques, so they have no idea what the watch is worth, right? So maybe now more uh, more nowadays uh, because the brands are getting into secondary markets, right? So you have Hublot, or sorry, you have uh, Audemars and Richemont buying into secondary, so. You'd think that their their boutique staff are going to be more educated on what the true value of these things, like the market value of these things, would be as opposed to the MSRP. But I mean, you walk. I've done it in the past. Like I like to whenever I go to a new city or whatever, I'll go shop and just go look to see what who's you know who's got what and, and the window and whatnot. And I've had guys look at me and tell me an Hublot is going to go or, or a Panerai is going to go up in value. I'm just looking at them like you have no idea who the hell you're talking to, my man. Well, it's like it's <laughs> like you've seen behind the curtain. And the guys that work at a boutique level, um, you got to remember too, like because I I worked the new side of that, right? I worked retail, yeah. and I was you lucky enough to come. People, Jason. Well, I, I I don't think so. I was lucky enough to come from a Just multi-brand kidding. store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Torno, I we carried multiple brands, um, and with my ten years with Torno, I've probably seen fifty or sixty different brands at retail. Well, you were selling so uh, Invictus. Well, no, well, well, you're going right to hell for that one. Back in the very first year of uh, when I worked for Torno, we sold Invicta. That's terrible. Um, I can't believe Then we that. cut the line. That's really, but, that's really terrible of you, Jason. So here's the thing. Well, it was awesome. What was <laughs> awesome is because Invicta came up with this, like, cockamamie, like, MSRP sticker <laughs> yeah. versus what they sold it 99% for. 99% off. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I would have to contend with, like, the shopping channel that sells them for, like, 99% off. Okay. We would sell them for 80% off. <laughs> but the real retail is, and that was really bad. Um, no, but so I was lucky enough to like receive brand trainings from probably 65 plus brands straight from the brand. And what you have to realize is that guys that work at mono brand boutiques, they only receive one brand training. Yeah. They only know that brand. It's true. Unless they're real watch geeks. But even then, I mean, watch geeks and watch guys that, that love watches don't receive the type, same type of insight that you do from a brand training. Um, so guys that only receive one brand's worth of information, they only really have one Bible to preach. Mm-hmm. So when you walk well, into, they don't have an understanding you know, of like market, a, right? a Hugo Boutique, they're going to tell you that that watch is amazing. It's it's very rare. It's one of a kind. You know, they're trying to sell the watch. Nobody makes money unless they make the sale. But two, like they just don't know any better, legitimately. And it's no difference than if you walk into like an AP Boutique. Uh, they they might think something's cool because they just think it's cool, and they don't know the market is twice retail on that watch. That's true. So well, uneducated salespeople, like people yeah. who, who know all they know is technical aspects of the watch, barely they don't understand, like they don't understand the collecting, the situation of collecting, or fact the fact that people might be trading or these even, watches, or you know they just and that's what like when I went to go do the train training at the AP headquarters when they were trying to understand pre-owned. And like I was talking to some of their staff, and they didn't realize they thought that every time they sell a watch, that watch stays with the customer Forever. until he dies. Yeah. It's like, well, it's absurd. So a lot of yeah, like a, a lot of even coming from a new perspective mm-hmm. at a retail level, you, some people just write off pre-owned, like just the market doesn't exist. Right. Like, well, not who anymore, cares? But yeah. Who cares what happens to it afterwards? But right. you know, back in the day, 
you know, Torno, whatever, whatever you're working, like people weren't calling guys and the, the watch is hot now. Do you want to sell it back? It was mm-hmm. just gone. Well, like they do with so, Ferraris, like that's a right. thing in, the, in Ferrari dealerships. And I think that what you're seeing now is, is all these brands are getting into the pre-owned and you're, you're seeing uh, companies understand more that, you know, they can't just pretend that their watch is worth right. something or it's actually rare or something. It actually has to be. And a, there's a way to test it. And it's very simple. It's not like some obscure way to find out some guy on you know some seedy corner. It's like, yo, you just go online and see there's thousands of these things listed. There's how many people like, well, so I go to the IWJG shows, right? There's you know 500 tables worth of uh, basically representation of almost all the pre-owned dealers, uh, especially well, in the United States for sure. But there's guys from Italy. There's guys from Israel who come in for these shows. And they're, you know, they call them gray market, so they're selling things that are new, essentially unworn watches. Sure. And there's pre-owned, and, like, it's a huge market, billions of dollars. And now it's being recognized. But, you know, the brands, they're, they're st- obviously, they're starting to understand that. Yeah, know? a lot of brands are. And, I mean, to, to circle back to the initial point that you had, we kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent, which we tend to do because we this is a genuine subject. This entire show is but, a tangent, Jason. <laughs> To go back to your, you know, to to the bad stories, some of those, you know, the majority of those stories spur off of this type of knowledge giving. Yeah. You know, so when a guy calls you and and he has a, you know, you have a very good conversation with the guy who is about, you know, about his wits. He knows what he's talking about, but somebody told him something that he believed and it just happened not to be true or that person wasn't informed well. So now the guy buys a watch. It's a limited edition. It's made of gold. It's a tourbillon. It's a, you know, whatever it is. And the salesperson told him there's only 12 of them. And it's super hard to get, which right. the salesperson maybe may have thought. Well, maybe you know, there's 12 of them. Maybe, but maybe that's they, true. Maybe they can only but sell three of them right. to retail. The rest Scarcity of them go doesn't back mean, door. Right, exactly. So the thing is, is just... Um, we hear a lot of bad stories. Uh, unfortunately... That was the worst one, my quorum story. Yeah. The guy, like... It was terrible. Like... So it was right when I first started working in this industry, and the guy, like, uh, I, I was super naive. Now, like, I'll ask some questions so I don't walk myself into that door. Right. But, like, I think I, he asked me about the watch, how much I should pay, or how much he would I would pay for it. I offered him, like, ten grand or something for the watch at, like, a yeah. 60000 retail. And, like, immediately I became his enemy. Like, he was so freaking upset with me. And then he tells me the whole story about how he bought it and, like, says that I was trying to rip him off. I'm like, listen, man, I'm not trying to rip you off, dude. Like, they're online asking, you know, less than 20 grand. The watch is going to take forever to sell. I was told I can pay 10 grand for this watch. That's what it is. And I think I followed up. Yeah, no, yeah, so, but whatever. So, yeah, he, I think he ended up keeping that watch forever. But, uh, I mean, that's, that was a really, really terrible situation. But, like, you know, here, like women go to buy their husband's watches for their birthday or whatever, knows her husband's a watch guy but doesn't really know what's going on, walks into a boutique and, you know, the guy sees a sucker walk through the door or maybe just wants to make a sale and, you know, tells tells her, hey, you got to buy this gold, you know, solid gold Breitling at full list. Yeah. And like, you know, I mean, he's, this guy's buying only stainless steel Rolexes because he cares, every, you know, the only thing he cares about is value retention. It's like, shoot. Man, and then on this. the on the other side of that, you get the guy who calls you and he's like, I really got to get out of this watch, but my wife bought it for me <laughs> and I can't. And on top of that, it's a watch that like he can't get out of anyways. doesn't even matter that the sentimental value is there or that he's like obligated to keep it because it was a gift. Mm-hmm. So nobody, you can't sell the watch. It's bad. You know, it's, it's a solid gold you know emergency or something like that something nuts um so i mean it it happens i've had 
There's some misinformation from... in this chat right now, which is kind of funny. You're My buddy Blake, Blake just said, never buy an MSRP. I don't know if he's being specific about a watch, but there's many watches right now that are worth well over MSRP. So There's watches that when I'm in New York or I'm in I'm another major city, like I visit the dealers to see if there's anything in the case. Yeah, you see if you can Because I know that I'll buy it with my, with my card right. because there's a market for it. So that's not necessarily the case. And Granted, every... there are – it's a very slim market to buy at, MS, at MSRP. Um, but you gotta, you gotta, yeah. So it's, I mean, every thing is, especially right now and, and it's only going to get more competitive, but, um, you know, the, uh, every watch, every brand is different, but also there's many watches within brands that hold more value than others. So like, you know, there's IWCs that you can find pre-owned for 50 cents on the dollar, but there's also IWCs that you, you know, you're going to find pre-owned for, you know, twenty-five uh, percent off the the original list, and some people are like, "Oh, I can get that new for that." And you can't. So, and it's I I believe it's only going to get tighter in that regard if things keep going the way they are. I mean, this is one other thing that came up um, that uh, uh, what, yeah, what we brand were talking was about it? Earlier, yeah. It was um, what brand was it? Why can't I remember? Well, uh, started with AP when we started talking yeah, about yeah, brands but, going vertical, but um, oh, uh, was it uh, was it Richemont or Swatch is is partnering with. Uh, Alibaba, which brain was it? That's Reachmont. Is it Reachmont? Yeah, I think so. I, I hope to hold on. Let me, I don't know. I read that last week quick. enough. Uh, but so, yeah. So one of the brands is going to be selling their watches on Alibaba.com. So basically, going trying to go as vertical as possible, right? Like selling direct to consumer as opposed to yeah, Reachmont. So Reachmont is joining forces with Alibaba to sell their watches new to uh, you know customers in mainland China. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's their that's that's their goal now online. So like you know you see like with Panerai they've done some tests. Um, what other brands has IWC done any like uh, you know special e boutique editions? I don't know, but I know Panerai's mm-hmm. done two. Well, yeah, they did the uh, that bronze, the form only the oh, yeah. bronze Aquatimer. That's right. So the... these brands tested selling their watches new online, and I think it's been somewhat successful. They sold out. Um, all at retail because there's there'd be no way to get a discount going mm-hmm. just because it's just a click and buy. Uh, Omega's doing it, so Swatch is selling you know Speedy Tuesdays, and uh, you know they're buying Ultraman, Ultraman, right? Speedy Tuesday, Ultraman. Um, so a lot of brands are going trying to sell everything direct to consumer, and the reason is that you know when you deal with a with a, uh, an authorized dealer such as ourselves, you know they have to share their profits with us. You yeah. know, and there's 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 the upside and there's the downside of that. The upside is they have guaranteed orders and they have you know boots on the ground out there selling their watches, pushing their um, their products. Downside is they have to give up a chunk of their product. So if they can sell more watches direct to consumer through like a boutique or what they, an e boutique, which is literally the same thing, it's company owned, all the profits stay in house. Sure, th- it's going to be better for them. I'd say that the <laughs> only way that actually truly happens is if they if some of these brands like AP doesn't have to cut production because they're they're um, uh, they have the most serious um, demand right now, but brands like you know, well, companies like Swatch Group selling Omega and Cartier and all uh, things like that, or or Richemont selling you know IWC and JLC and and Panerai, they would have to cut their their production. I have to assume if they want to try to sell, go totally vertical. Um, but I think you're going to see a shift where they're going to be selling more watches in house or through in house processes. So you know at lesser discounts because they have total control over this sure which in terms of if we're going to bring it back to like what watches are worth it should increase the value of the pre-owned because that's well it's going to skyrocket the secondary market 
no. skyrocket, but it should slowly it bring will up. substantially increase the secondary within the first. You know, once it's mainstream, once it's accepted, mm-hmm. uh, the full vertical integration, the secondary market's going to see it. Um, well, you'll probably see a twenty to thirty percent increase in hot models. If they stay hot, that's a different question. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, there's I don't think there. there's always going to be. Not every brand's going to do it because there's going to be brands that are skepti- skeptical. There's going to be brands that just can't maintain that. Uh, type of demand. Well, there's um, also brands. There's going to be brands that don't want to be that want to oppose the other side of the market. So, so there's also brands that uh, don't want to change the way they do business. Right, but let's but they, think don't, it, they don't have an issue. But so if, like it your, if it was your company, right, right? Mm-hmm. and you you're making money year over year, company's doing well, and somebody else who's maybe a competitor goes vertical, but you don't feel like you need to, and now you can be on the opposite side of the space. And all the people are disgruntled because they can't get those watches because the brand's going vertical. Stay with you. Well, I don't think so. That when you say can't get them, so like AP is one thing, right? Because but like if Omega decided to sell all their watches online only, and they cut back production, because that they would have to do that, right? Because if they did it currently, most likely I have to assume, assume say a company like they'd go bankrupt, right? Yeah. But if they had a strategy to only sell online, they could they could figure out a way to make that work. Say it's a five year plan slowly cut back on production and you know focus more on profits as opposed to you know um exports because that's how a lot of these sure. companies like that's how they they judge their um uh growth is is really just by uh by exports but if they did it based on pro- on on um what do you call it on uh, profits then they could do that right uh and then they wouldn't need they wouldn't need dealers, yeah. to be honest with you. So, I mean, it's the dealers help because you can get guaranteed orders and things like that. But if you think you have the demand, you have like essentially the balls to do it, like yeah. AP does it, just go vertical. It's it's going to be, and the demand's there. There, uh, the the pre-owned value. Yeah, I mean, it's based it's based almost 100 percent on um, the amount of discount you can get in new. So it's demanded disc and the amount right. of discount, right? But which going hand in hand as well. If there's no demand for the watch, that doesn't really matter. Because right? they can't even if they can't sell it at any price new, then it doesn't really matter. There won't be the value. Sure. But if you make a relevant watch and you're able to sell out a substantial amount of that of the run without discounting, then you... and then it would lead it would take away maybe from some of the competitiveness of discounting and pricing, but it would also lead to more competition in far as far as putting out a hot design yeah. and keeping things fresh it's because only you would have consumer. to capture that market. That's true. Um, I did want to so I put this on just now because I want to segue into this. Oh, here's uh, a watch not that holds to get value. too much off tangent. I think this watch is awesome. I bought this about two weeks ago. Uh, we just got the new strap for it, so. Uh, Looks great on the wrist. Uh, here, let me take it off so I can give you the truth. So this is a Gerald Genta Bi Retro Jump Hour. I think this watch is awesome. Give you guys a close up of this. So you got the red, which is the Jump Hour, and then uh, double Bi Retro grade. So minutes on the top, and then date on the bottom. Both of those retrograde, hence the double. Um, just. To node case, it's actually very, very comfortable. It's a modern size, as you saw it on my wrist. Um, would totally wear this. I would buy this before I bought a Frank Mueller. It wears really well. It's got kind of a sporty uh, kind of dashboard look, which is what it's what it's made to represent. Yeah, it's funky. And uh, it's definitely funky. It's definitely different. And it's affordable. And it's essentially, uh, as are most of the older Gerald Gentas, like affordable high horology um, in that aspect. Uh, people are going to jump down my throat about saying high horology on something that has a closed case back and non-Geneva sealed movement, but 
it's a Gerald Genta. Well, Gerald Genta is more about the design than, than the movement. Right. It's right? it's not a particularly complex movement, but you're getting a double retrograde jump hour for, you know, I like how somebody, pretty so reasonable price. I just want to address the troll in our, <laughs> even though we normally don't do this. This guy, uh, Blazin Mark One says, why are we listening to these noobs? I've probably bought more watches in the last month than you'll ever be able to buy in your entire life. Did he write that, or is that your response? That's my response oh. to somebody who's calling us noobs. Like, I've only been doing this for five years. Oh, yeah, I've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah, you've been doing so. it for 15 years, but the the volume of watches that we work with, I mean, I, I'll know, I, I'll forget, by the time I drive home, I'll forget more about watches than that guy will ever know. <laughs> so, whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, Another just, news. I don't know why, I don't know, I just said, it just it rubbed me the wrong way. I normally don't care about those kind of guys, because I'm kind All of a troll right. myself, Jason, if you haven't Are noticed. you? That's right. Hashtag to a oh, the, the troll is trolling me. All right. Um, so okay. So a guy named Quaid uh, said uh, he made a point, which also I've, I've thought about as well. He says people want to try the watches on. And that is true. Though I have more customers who buy watches for me who've never tried them on than I can imagine, which is kind of bizarre for me because my the for me to buy a watch or fall in love with it, I have to try it on first. But I have a lot of guys who so like I see the watch, I'm gonna like it. They buy it from me. I'm thinking, oh, if they don't like it, they'll send it back, which is fine. Then they get it and they love it. It's kind of I, that's not my process, um, but I, I do I do believe that that is one reason why you're gonna have to have some physical. I mean, there's <laughs> listen, there's sneaker heads out there. That... That's right, Blazing Mark. I am, buddy. Um, sorry. So uh, <laughs> uh, he just called me a name. So, um, but so I think that a possible way to get around that, and I'm not saying this will happen, but this is just an idea, right? Uh, there are there are retail stores that actually don't sell anything in their retail store. So, like, there's a place called, like, Bonobos, right next door. Right. I think, is that what it is? Uh, the place where it's, like, a clothing store. I walked in there to go buy something, and they're like, you can't buy anything here. You can only try it on, and you buy it online, which is a little annoying, not knowing that walking in. Right. But watches is a little bit different, too. Some people will go try on a watch and then go home and think about it. So, for that reason, they could have they can have a bunch of locations where not they don't sell anything in the store. It's just there, so you can get the experience. You can try it on. Then you could buy it buying it online. I don't know how well that would work, but that would be one way to have a presence in a lot of different cities without having carrying a lot of inventory there as well. Yeah, and, and you don't have to actually have have like salespeople there, or you could. I don't even know. How, I don't know. I haven't thought totally through, but that was one thing I thought about. I'm like, yo, some people want to be able to try them on. I mean, there's guys like. There's sneakerheads too that just you know you know you have a, it's different because shoes are sized but there's guys that buy stuff sight unseen and fit is not necessarily the most important thing I think watches that's a little bit more speculative but um, I bought watches without trying them on do I like to know the watch first yeah but I'm a methodical planner so there's a lot more that goes into the watch besides how it fits on my wrist when I'm deciding whether or not I'm going to buy it. Um, but I think it's something to be said. A lot of guys, one of the things I ask guys when they're talking about watches is, have you tried it on? Have you seen the watch in person? Um, and a lot of guys do go around and shop stuff and try it on. So, oh, Richard Bonanno says that he buys a, uh, quite a few watches online not to get charged sales tax, which looks like it's probably going to be changing. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be changing uh, pretty soon. They, they, you know, they, they, that's going to be something that will change. Uh, so I don't know how people are going to handle that. I, I don't know how, how that's going to affect us because we sell, we ship watches, like pre-owned watches everywhere. Right. And a lot of guys are like, you know, they that's one of the value adds that they don't have to be charged sales tax. So, so I think I mean, in... Uh, it's going to affect a lot of markets right. bigger than us. Um, so it's definitely going to take an adjustment. But who knows? That's I think uh, maybe it makes local shopping more accessible again. Um, yeah. 
I think that's the idea of it. We'll see. All right, well, we're uh, getting ready to run out of time here uh, as my production crew uh, fell asleep behind the camera, I think. Um, can we go ahead and pull up a poll one more time? Just get a screw you, Jason. Poll? I'm having a terrible time. It seems like I'm having it. I'm getting trolled. I'm getting my 80, ass kicked. Oh, so the guys, for the guys on the podcast and ladies, it's 86.96 uh, percent in my. Bet favorite. you I sell that Ublo before you sell that Blanc Pond. Okay, I don't own either watch, so I really don't care. Damn it, Jason. Um, I bet you this sells before any of them. No. Yes. <laughs> Have watch will be in our inventory for years. That Gerald is awesome. I might buy it. You never know. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this, but we'll talk about it next week if it's still here. What's that? The new Panerai. Oh, the Panerai. Yeah, is it 790? The new That's 790. You cool, get cool. A, we'll get an outro shot of the 790 as we fade away to black. All right. Uh, like always, go ahead and subscribe. Um, actually, uh, we have a new uh, uh, classroom. It's uh, why are watches so expensive, I think, is the topic. Great topic. <laughs> um, I don't and know. Yeah, so teacher's, <laughs> teacher's a little weird. I don't know. That a terrible guy. I guess Apparently we're not he's doing a an outro shot of this. Of this. All right. Um, what? what? Yeah, yeah, so fell asleep, I told you. We got 57,000 subscribers. Every week it's growing. It's pretty awesome. We're happy about that. I mean, I remember when we had like 10,000. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and tell your friends about us or don't. Don't care. Um, go ahead and subscribe. Check us out on Instagram. I'm Mr. Thanos, M-R-T-H-A-N-O-S. Evo X4B11. Thank <laughs> you very much. That's you got to get in there real fast now. <laughs> That's right. Josh you got my uh, cell phone number. Hey, uh, anybody who uh, uh, wants to buy or sell a watch, you got my cell phone number. Give me a call or a text. 954-261-4712. Right yeah, that's that's the show's cell phone number. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Uh, All right, guys. Blake Starr, you can see my phone number on the screen. You can give me a call. Um, by the way, thanks for hanging out with us today. <laughs> All right. See you later. See you next week. I'm going to go eat some steak.